G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin Isles, the Managing Director of the ACL, joining us. Hello, Martin. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Good to be back. Hey, Martin, let's touch on one of the uh, biggest issues. It's dominating the headlines right now. Uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, you've been giving this some thought. It's not uh, typically the focus of the Australian Christian lobby, but given that so many listeners might be aware, Australian money is now committed via NATO for military hardware defending Ukraine. Uh, what sort of thoughts have you had on developments that we've been watching on television? Well, it's true, Neil. It's not an area of uh, policy that uh, I usually find myself talking about or that ACL usually finds itself involved in. Uh, But I do have the advantage of living in Canberra, and there's an awful lot of uh, military types, foreign policy types, people with intelligence backgrounds, people who work in the intelligence services, uh, and I have a number of them as friends. And we talk about these issues, believe it or not, all the time and have done for quite a long time. Uh, And so um, it it, it is an area of interest and uh, it is an area that that demands our attention, whether we are uh, fully across it or not, or whether it's the sort of thing we usually talk about because it has such massive global implications. Um, I find people are really divided about what they think of the crisis. A lot of people, including Christians even, will say, well, you know, leave them to fight their own war. Others will say interventionism is always bad. Others, you know, there's all sorts. Others will say, well, you know, it's more complicated than it looks. It's harder to pick out who's good and who's bad in this situation than you really think. But I find it comes down really to what people want out of this as to how they think about it. Um, and when I look at this, uh, when I see the, uh, the world becoming a more fractured and conflicted place, I make no apology for saying, well, what I want to see long term is I want to see continued Western supremacy in the world. Um, The world, uh, it's set up in such a way that there is always going to be a superpower. There is always going to be somebody who is the stronger force. And uh, I make no apology for saying I, I want that to be the West. I think we've been remarkably blessed for all their faults and failures, which are many, We have nonetheless been very blessed by American supremacy for some decades now. Um, And that really is, I think, with all our faults and failings, the best way forward, because uh, the whole world doesn't think like we think. They don't just love democracy and love, you know, freedoms and and love sort of the sort of life that we've come to expect. It's just not the way uh, that the Chinese superpower thinks, that the Russian superpower thinks. People need to understand that. Uh, Fundamentally different people who will never, ever, ever think this way. And so, therefore, I think Western supremacy is important. And therefore, um, I think that when it comes to the Ukraine issue, it needs to be stopped in its tracks. Because if Russia is enabled to take Ukraine without a strong Western response, without someone stopping him, what that means is that the West has retreated and is no longer the global policeman. 
and that will uh, encourage further changes. I know from Putin's speech that he's not done with Ukraine. Uh, I believe he will move into other former Soviet states. But not only that, we all know that Taiwan is on China's menu. And China is just waiting for that chance. When everyone's distracted and they can be relatively confident that they won't get blowback and they won't get any kind of military response when they can just take Taiwan. And when they do that, and when the West doesn't respond, then there's a huge problem for South Korea, for Japan, for India, for the whole Asian continent, where they're suddenly saying, well, who can we trust? Uh, can we trust the West to help us? Or who's powerful, China or America? And the whole global power balance changes in a moment. Now, that's not something I want to see. Um, therefore, it's very, very important that when you see something like what's happening in Ukraine, just from a global perspective, that it gets stopped, that it gets nipped in the bud. And I will say this too. A lot of people uh, talk about it as if, oh, well, they're both as bad as each other. Oh, the lines of good and evil aren't that clear. And just a second, I want to say to people who say that, uh, as soon as you invade and you start killing people and you start displacing people and you start committing that act of evil, you've lost the argument. It doesn't really matter what went before. Uh, uh, it, it, once you've done that, you've done the wrong thing. Uh, and therefore, that needs to be punished and that needs to be stopped. Power imbalances developing. Uh, a friend sent me through a note uh, from a friend uh, who was in Ukraine and uh, began to reflect on the character of the people in Ukraine with uh, the suggestions that three days into the offensive, uh, the Ukrainian people have de defeated more Russian occupiers than the entire Soviet Union lost in the last four years of the war in Afghanistan. And a reflection on the character of the people, which was very interesting to me, Martin, and uh, suggesting mm. that uh, all be because in, U in Ukraine it's not just an army that's at war, it's a people who are at war defending their nation in Ukraine. There's something special about the character of a people, and it's not just the officials or the armed forces, but the people who are passionate about defending their nation. Yeah, it's been quite amazing, Neil. I've actually been talking to some people to see whether I'm going crazy, because I'm thinking to myself, why hasn't Russia prevailed yet? Like, what's going on? Why is it such a mess over there? Why has Russia not gained any real uh, tangible objective? Why is this going on? And it seems, as you say, Neil, well, someone actually said to me, they said, well, the only replacement in war for numbers and brute force and military strength is zeal. Mm. <laughs> and where you have people with zeal and spirit, they can be remarkably difficult to defeat. And to watch what's happening in Ukraine, it appears that uh, there may be some Russian incompetence, but it appears that the Ukrainian people are responding in a way that they simply didn't bet on. Uh, and they're doing so, I think, partly under the inspiration of their president, uh, who was criticised and rubbished as just a comedian, which he used to be a comedian before he became president, much like Ronald Reagan was an actor before he became president in America, actually, I'm reminded of. But now here he is saying he will not leave Ukraine. He's refusing the, uh, America's offer of an evacuation. Uh, he's out on the streets in his flak jacket. He's filming videos for his social media saying, I'm here, the Prime Minister is here, the head of the government is here, all the senior politicians are here. We're going to fight for Kiev to the death. He's told other EU leaders that he's going to, that they may never see him alive again. And that has inspired the nation. And the nation is staying in Kiev. The nation is fighting for Kiev. Uh, the people are with him. 
Uh, and it's remarkable. I think the other effect that that has had is I think that the world's attitude to Ukraine has changed. I think the world is now looking at Ukraine saying, we need to help them. Uh, and so this president has done a remarkable job. And I give him a lot of credit for uh, even changing the world's mind on Ukraine and letting the world mobilise in Ukraine's favour. It's an incredible thing to see. <sighs> There's lots more to say and we'll keep a focus on Ukraine over coming days and uh, just the developments as they happen. Uh, the whole thing isn't finished. Uh, the Ukrainian people defending themselves very strongly. Hey, let's bring our focus close to home because there's huge issues on the agenda here, Martin. Let's just touch on this New South Wales assisted suicide bill, the outcome of the vote in the upper house has not been announced yet. Uh, a, a thought or two here about what's going on in New South Wales. Well, Neil, we talked last week about uh, the assisted suicide bill in New South Wales, and I made a point. I said that it's very hard for me to get people really interested in the issue of euthanasia or assisted suicide because there seems to be a lack of understanding about just how serious this is and what a dreadful and a dark policy area this is. And I spoke about why it was so, um, you know, like, you shall not kill. <laughs> We're defying one of the most basic commandments and that leads to all sorts of pain and, and shocking things. Uh, and it's very interesting. Um, uh, as a result of uh, my appeals in recent times on this very subject, I think, uh, and also because people might be becoming more aware in general of this issue, We've had the strongest response that we've ever had uh, to people opposing euthanasia. And there's been quite a few rounds of this in different states and even federally. Um, and so uh, that's awesome news in New South Wales. Uh, there is still an e-petition on our website, which can be signed. Um, and also, there's been a few other developments as well. The committee report came out of the parliament. So they get a little committee to examine the bill and make a recommendation. And the committee turned out to be, and this is very rare, but the committee turned out to be divided, and so they weren't able to reach agreement as, whether, as to whether they should recommend the bill for a vote or not. Uh, and so they just said they, they make no recommendation. They just, they just think the bill should go to the parliament and they can't say whether it's good or bad. Very unusual thing to happen. Uh, and now we're waiting for that final vote. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a close-run thing. We know that the numbers are close, um, but we've had some really good signs so far, Neil. It's a prayer point for every Australian, what's going on in New South Wales, and there's an e-petition too. I'll give you the details as you can uh, look at that at the end of our conversation today. Martin, let's touch on some other huge issues, uh, efforts to decriminalise drugs in Victoria and the ACT. Uh, what's happening now? Well, people will be surprised to hear that this is even a policy thing, I think. But there are elements emerging, particularly in the Greens, and even starting to emerge in Labor in some states, where for some crazy reason they think it's a good idea to completely decriminalise the possession of uh, admittedly small amounts, but the possession of hard drugs. Uh, and I do mean methamphetamine, I do mean heroin, I do mean all hard drugs, decriminalised possession of all hard drugs in sort of consumer quantities, not, not sale quantities. Um, now, <laughs> I, just, I don't know where such a mindset could possibly be coming from. There is sort of a, a slightly twisted view out there that if you uh, decriminalise something, then you'll make it easier to control. Um, that doesn't seem to work in countries where it happens. Um, 
And the reason it doesn't work is because, well, as Christians, we know that the law is supposed to define what is right and what is wrong, and it's supposed to punish what is wrong and reward what is right. And uh, Scripture even calls it a schoolmaster. You know, it's a teacher. It, it tells us about what is right and wrong. And that's, uh, that's a very wise sort of approach to take to law. And if, you know, the possession and the, con- the consuming of these hard drugs, which turn people into animals, uh, which uh, cause people to commit the most heinous of crimes, which they otherwise would not commit, which emergency departments and police forces all over the country are desperately sounding the alarm over and saying that they are so, 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 so dangerous and wicked. You know, the law ought to say, well, they're wrong. Um, and that uh, the possession of those things does get you into trouble. Uh, that's not to say that you can't uh, also treat people and you can't also get people into rehab. Uh, if they're on drugs, you can do both. It's not an either-or. So this is coming to the fore in Victoria and the Australian Capital Territory where there are serious proposals to decriminalise the possession of hard drugs. Now, uh, I live in the ACT. I don't want to live in a community where it's uh, decriminalised to possess and to consume methamphetamine. Uh, So ACL is setting up a campaign, uh, an online campaign on our website, particularly for residents of the ACT at this stage to write to their members of the Legislative Assembly to oppose that. And we will be following uh, with Victoria as well. And this is one we could win because the polls certainly, the public opinion certainly is in our favour that this is just a very silly idea. Let's move on a number of issues to quickly cover now. The South Australian state election is coming up. A lot happening in SA in the lead up to the 19th of March. And uh, the ACL, as usual, uh, doing some very good things. Got a website, savotes.org.au, informing those voters in South Australia about where candidates stand on all sorts of different issues. Uh, Martin, your thoughts on the upcoming South Australian state election? Well, ACL's running a pretty decent campaign here and we're focusing on a number of key seats and our volunteers are being deployed right across those seats. Um, and uh, what we're doing is we're following up on our commitment to uh, those politicians during the pro-life uh, vote, uh, that if they voted for abortion to birth, um, that there would be consequences, uh, just as if they, vote, if they vote against abortion to birth, then there will be rewards. And there are a number of people who promised to vote against abortion to birth who uh, then flagrantly went and voted for it and broke their promise. And so we're running campaigns in their seats to inform people that they have voted to abort babies up to the point of birth and various other terrible things as well. They voted against giving life-saving care to babies born alive and things like that. So we're making the public aware in those key seats and we hope that will change the outcome in those key seats and it will send a pro-life message to the parliament and to South Australian politicians going forward. So that's an excellent campaign. There's also a website, as you say, Neil, savotes.org.au, which tells you about the different candidates and the minor parties as well and where they stand on different policies, including pro-life. And many people are very interested in minor parties at the moment and which ones are the best and which ones are worth thinking about. Uh, And so there is an opportunity to meet a a group of uh, minor party candidates, including Fraser Ellis and Tom Kenyon uh, and others, this Saturday uh, in Adelaide. So just go to the ACL website. The details of the event are there. Uh, And so for those who are interested to know who those minor party people are, there's a great opportunity. And turning our sights to New South Wales for a few moments, uh, Mark Latham's Parental Rights Bill. Uh, This is a New South Wales bill, but seeking to ban schools from teaching gender fluidity to children and enshrine 
parental rights in law. Uh, ACL, no doubt, on board with that. Uh, This is an important one too, isn't it, Martin? This is an absolutely cracking piece of legislation, actually, and it's one we hope to see rolled out in other places as well. Mark Latham has done a champion job. Uh, It's a bill which says what we all just think ought to be the case anyway. If a child is going to be taught queer theory or gender fluidity or all these concepts, then the parent needs to be notified and the parent needs to have a say. It's called the Parental Rights Bill. Uh, it's, it's really good legislation. It's interesting, this bill nearly died in the water, um, but uh, through ACL supporters, we were able to save it. The bill was at a committee, and the whole uh, aim of the committee was to check what kind of public feedback it would elicit. And they were saying if it gets more than 50% positive feedback from the public, we will progress the bill to the next phase. And it didn't have 50% positive feedback because activists had been all over it. We mobilised our ACL supporters right across the state of New South Wales. We got it over 50% in one day, uh, and that bill therefore went through to the next phase. And that's what we're talking about now. There's another opportunity through people power to get this important parental rights bill moving forward in New South Wales, and it could become a template for other states. So we're going to launch a campaign that'll be on our website this week. And I'll just say never lose faith in people power. Uh, This is something that, uh, again, for our New South Wales audience, um, same as the euthanasia issue, is coming on this week uh, that you can get behind. There are a lot of issues. Let me point listeners to how you can sign those e-petitions and get up to date on some of the resource that you might need to become aware of these sorts of issues and even to be a part of that uh, standing army of volunteers all around Australia who are ready to be activated when there are huge issues that you need to be involved in. Let me point people to acl.org.au. That's the website of the Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au. And uh, Martin did mention the savotes.org.au website, especially for those South Australian listeners today. State election coming up 19th of March, savotes.org.au. A very, very straightforward, simple way of being able to assess parties and candidates who are standing for election in South Australia. Martin, thanks so much for sharing your your thoughts, your insights, your heart uh, with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.